So Ephesians 6.18, after all that the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul has said about the armor of God, we read these words. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. Well, beloved, Ephesians 6.18 is an encyclopedia on prayer. Just this one verse teaches us so much about the Christian uh, privilege and the Christian duty of prayer. This morning, we saw that the context of this particular call to prayer is spiritual warfare, the great spiritual battle in which every Christian is engaged, the battle which the church wages in this fallen world uh, against our great adversaries, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That is the context, spiritual warfare, which should remind us of several things. It should remind us of the necessity of prayer. And it should encourage us with the blessing of the provision of prayer, that Christ has purchased prayer for us as we fight the good fight of faith. It's a well-known fact, even in physical, worldly battle and warfare, that communication is vital. And we see communication here uh, clearly in two ways. Verse 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's God communicating with us, His people. He's given us His Word. And so God speaks to us. And then right away in verse 18, we have prayer, that we have the privilege of speaking to God. And so verse 17, verse 18, God speaking to us, our speaking to God, the importance, the blessing of communication, especially in the context of warfare. I read an article just this past week out of the Ukraine, and this is what it said. It's quoting a soldier, we have no communication. We have no walkie-talkies, nothing. A bedraggled Russian soldier tells his interrogators in a video published by Ukrainian defenders this month and posted to YouTube. It's an obvious problem. No communication. How can you effectively wage a battle without communication? And so how thankful we should be as we are here in Ephesians 6 to see the word of God given to us, that God speaks to us, and then in Christ that we have access to the throne of grace uh, to bring our prayers and requests to God. This beautiful, Christ-accomplished, Christ-purchased two-way communication between the church and our God, between every Christian believer and his and her Savior. Every Christian has the blessing of open and continual communication with the captain of our salvation whenever we pray. 
We considered not just the context of prayer this morning, but also the first part of the content related to prayer here that Paul teaches in verse 18. And the first specific detail about prayer is that prayer is to be prayer in the Spirit. In the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured out upon the church in the name of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one specifically prophesied about in Zechariah 12. Verse 10, and I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. That when the Spirit is poured out on a people, when the Holy Spirit is given to someone, he is the Spirit of grace, that he brings the gifts of the gospel, the gifts of Jesus Christ to that person, and he is the Spirit of supplication. That a spirit of prayer, then, fills a believer. Boys and girls, when a young baby is born, right away they begin to cry out, don't they? And when a Christian is born again, when someone is born again, they cry out. Supernaturally, naturally, they cry out to God in prayer. We are given the spirit of grace and of supplication. The grace of salvation in Christ and the gift of prayer. Christians pray. We are the ones who are to pray. God doesn't pray for us. But when we pray, we are so blessed to pray with the help, the encouragement, the sympathy, the intercession of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba. Father. But we go on this afternoon to consider the other parts of the specific content of this call to prayer in verse 18. Listen to it again. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. The first thing to note is the call to be alert. The call to be alert. In fact, in the original, the grammar makes it very clear. There are two uh, parallel calls here, a call to pray and a call to be alert. Everything else it hangs off those two calls. Being alert and being in prayer. And so the prayer that we ought to uh, strive for and be engaged in is always alert prayer. We should always be praying vigilant, uh, uh, with vigilance in the Christian life. The word be alert here literally means to be not sleepy. And sometimes when we think of that word in that way, there's a very literal physical application. We all know what it is to be tired. And we all know what it is to have physical fatigue connected somehow to our prayer life. Have you ever fallen asleep praying? It's not an uncommon thing for Christians. It reminds us of the disciples, doesn't it? 
in Gethsemane and how Jesus called them to pray but found them sleeping. So he says in Mark 14, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And because that's true, we have these calls over and over again in the Bible to be alert, especially as we pray. Mark 13, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servant in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Or 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. We need to pray that we'd be alert and we need to be alert so that we can pray. There can be too much sleepiness that creeps into the Christian life. And I say this not without sympathy to people. You can be very tired in life. Jesus was very tired at times in his life. He could sleep in a boat through a storm. He is sympathetic to bone weariness. He knows it. He's experienced it. And yet he is the same Savior who says to all his disciples, be alert. Keep watch. Because, beloved, there are times when we can and we should And we must prefer prayer to rest and prayer to sleep. We do need to be good stewards of our bodies. That's true. But the faithful soldier of the cross will have times when he or she must be on watch. And sleep is secondary. We easily think here of seasons of prayer in what the Bible calls the night watches. When we're awake at night. And there can be many reasons that we wake up at night, but ultimately it's in the Lord's sovereign providence that he wakes us at night. And the Bible so often speaks of those night watches uh, that are with profit, translated by us into seasons of prayer. Where it's a time for us to be watchful, even in the hours of the night. And that may just happen to us, and we, many times it's good for us to take advantage of that, but there may be other times where we are more proactively alert and watchful. Wilhelmus Abrackel, who was a Dutch pastor and theologian, uh, 
of centuries ago when he was a teenager would sit upstairs in his room at night with his feet in buckets of ice water so that he could read his Bible and pray. I've never done that. But there was a man who took seriously a call to be alert and to pray. But of course, this is more than just a physical awakeness and alertness. That's involved. But this call to be alert and to be awake, to have our eyes open as it were, is also a call to be awake and alert to the spiritual realities around us and within us. Not just a a physical alertness, but a spiritual alertness in our lives. I have a nephew who's an officer in the Canadian military, and several years ago he took his men, the men under him, out for a run, part of their physical training. And it was a long run at a fast pace. And at the end of the run, they were understandably exhausted. But as soon as they finished the run, he asked them, how many deer did you see in the field that we ran past today? And no one had noticed. They were too focused on the grueling physical exercise. They said, we didn't know we'd be asked what we saw on our run. And he said, you're soldiers. It's your job to see. It's your job to notice. We're involved in spiritual warfare. We are called to be alert. What's happening? What's happening around me? What's happening within me? Instead of just going through life and especially the Christian life, in a sleepy kind of way. We need to be watchful. We need to be alert. We need to be aware, first and foremost, of the promises that God gives us in his word. We are to pray the promises of God back to him. Children in the children's catechism, it was on the handout. What is prayer? Prayer is asking God, for the things he's promised to give. Are you aware and alert of the promises of God so that more and more your prayers can be aligned with the will of God in your your praying? We need to be watchful in light of God's providences around us, the things that he brings to pass in our lives as we pray. What does God do? to think about these things, to notice them. To thank God for answers to his prayer. To maybe adjust our prayers in light of his providence. Well, we prayed this, but God, you allowed this to happen. Obviously, our prayers need to change here. To be alert to God's providence in answer to our prayers. And we need to be watchful, and alert to things that are happening in the world around us. Things at home, 
in your family, things that are happening in the church universal, in the church in the world, to be alert and aware, things in our own congregation, and also especially to be watchful with regard to your own soul. What's happening in my life spiritually? Not just how's my job going, not just what's for lunch, not just I like those new shoes. What's going on spiritually in your life today? What is really happening between you and God today? Something is. With every one of us, something is happening today in your soul between you and God. Are you alert to it? Are you aware of it? Are your eyes open to it? Or are you sleeping through it? Oh, we are called here to be alert. To be alert. To be watchful. And the more watchful a person is, the more prayerful a person is. They go hand in hand. The more God opens your eyes, the more he opens your heart and your mouth in prayer. The watchful soul will have no shortage of material for prayer. I can't understand a Christian who would say, I don't really know anything to pray for. Oh, there's no shortage of things for prayer. And that leads us to the other specific parts of this call to prayer, doesn't it, here in verse 18. It's really quite an amazing verse, this, this verse 18 of Ephesians 6. The noteworthy character of this verse in particular, this call to prayer, is how comprehensive it is in the specific details. How all-embracing it is in the particulars. Paul is going to mention particular things, but he mentions them in a way that points to a comprehensive understanding of prayer. And so we call them specifics on the one hand, but they are just mind and heart expanding on the other hand. Did you notice it as it was read, boys and girls? Did you notice a word that was repeated or a similar kind of word that was repeated over and over again in verse 18? Verse 18, this call to prayer, is known for four great all statements. Did you see them? Listen again. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Well, if you didn't notice it the first few times, you noticed at that time, all, 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 all. What do we see here specifically in verse 18? We see the vast, all-encompassing nature of prayer. And this is such a noteworthy call to prayer then with these all statements. Because I'm sure that we all pray some. 
But do we pray all? Just think of those two words for a moment in in light of your prayer life. As I thought of mine. Do we pray some? Or do we pray all? I'm sure it's true. We pray on some occasions. With some kinds of prayers. With some consistency for some people. But what we should do in light of verse 18 is pray to God that the sums of our prayer life would be changed into alls. And what a difference that makes. What are the all calls to prayer here in verse 18? Well, first, all kinds of prayers. King James Version says that we pray with all prayer and supplication. The New International Version has prayers and requests. Paul uses two words here. One is a general word for prayer, and the other is a word for things that we ask for, petitions, so it's more specific. But really, in using these two words, what Paul is really saying is all kinds of prayers. And he just gives two examples, but he says all prayer and requests. The general and the specific word represent all kinds of prayers. And so there should be a beautiful variety in the kinds of prayers we pray. And this is nothing new. We should pray prayers which praise God. Hallowed be your name. We should pray prayers which confess sin. Forgive us our debts. We should pray prayers which ask God for things. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. And we should pray prayers which thank God for all his blessings. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. The peace of God which passes all understanding, will be with you, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. All kinds of prayers. I think a great help in this area would be to pick up a book by the Puritan Matthew Henry. Uh, He wrote a book, it was called A Method to Prayer. It's been republished now as A Way to Pray, where he just goes through the Bible and shows different prayers. And it really can help to increase the variety of our prayers so that we pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. Or we think of the the resource that we're using in our midweek prayer meetings, Gordon Ketty's book, Prayers of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, all the different ways that we see prayer being modeled for us so that we can expand our prayer Lies. It's so easy to get into a rut in life, in all areas of life, but in our prayer lives 
as well. All kinds of prayers. And perhaps also here we could think of the different types of prayers in terms of sometimes we pray spoken prayers out loud, sometimes silent prayers in our hearts. We pray formal prayers at times, spontaneous prayers at other times. And that thought leads us to the next all where where Paul says we are to be praying always. Praying always. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, the NIV says. Uh, That means in every time or in every season. This is just what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. You know, there, there's a time of, when I think of seasons, sometimes I think of hunting seasons, and there's a time where it's open season, you can only hunt at that time of year and not other times of year, but here Paul is saying you pray in every season, all seasons. And just let your mind think about the different seasons of life and the different occasions and times of your life. And each one is an appropriate time for prayer. You pray in times of plenty so that you don't forget God. You pray in times of need so that you don't sin against God. You pray in times of of work and in times of unemployment. You pray in times of rest and leisure and recreation. You pray in times of worship, and you pray in times of temptation. You pray in times of togetherness and fellowship, and you pray in times of loneliness and isolation. You pray in times of health and in times of sickness. You pray in times of joy and in seasons of sorrow. You pray in the season of youth. Even the youngest ones among us, you can pray. And there's no senior saint yet living in this world who's beyond the season of prayer. Every occasion, every season. You remember Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. But every time is a time of prayer. That word occasion on every occasion, all occasions, is the same word in Ephesians 5.16. Make the most of every occasion. 
Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And in order to do that, we need to pray on all occasions. And in all those kinds of prayers, on all kinds of occasions, thirdly, we need to pray with all perseverance. That's the next time that Paul uses this word all, when in the New International he says, and always keep on praying. Always keep on praying. It's the same word in Colossians 4 too. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Here is the call in terms of the word all to always persevere, to persevere in prayer, to be persistent in prayer, to hold fast to prayer and to not let go. The word has the basic meaning of to to stay by, to stay near to, to be loyal to, to attach yourself to, to associate closely with. And that's what we're to do with prayer in our lives. To keep prayer as your close companion. Prayer is the, the preparation that you need so that you're ready for action at all times. To persevere in prayer. You know, Luke 18, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That's the call here. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to myself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Always pray. Don't give up. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful, same word, in prayer, Romans 12, 12. So all kinds of prayers on all occasions, with all perseverance. And there's one all left, isn't there, boys and girls? Have you been counting? That's three, but there are four. And here it is, prayer concerning all the saints. All the saints. We are to pray for all kinds of people we know. We are to pray for unbelievers. We are to pray for our enemies. But there is a special place of prayer in the Christian life for God's people, the saints, those who have been set apart in Christ. We are to do good to all men, but especially to the household of faith. And it's good to pray for brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, as we have a call here to pray for all the saints, we know from the rest of Scripture, we are not to pray for the dead who have died in the Lord, not to pray for dead saints. They don't need our prayers. But we are called to pray for, and we see examples of praying for saints who are alive and even saints who are yet to be born. 
As Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer, I pray for those who will believe in the word. And so we can pray for saints who are not yet born as well. What a wonderful thought that is. Those who will come to believe in future generations uh, are a right object of the prayers of God's people. But here it is. Pray for all the saints. What a reminder this is that we exist not as individual isolated Christians, but as part of the body of Christ that we live and move and have our being in the corporate nature of the church in the Christian life, that we remember the togetherness that we share in Christ and that should be shown in our prayers. You know, Paul said in Ephesians 1.15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, And so that marked the Ephesians. They had love for all of God's people. And love shows itself in many ways, but in one particular way, especially in prayer. Jesus loves us, and he prays for us. And we should love each other and pray for each other. We should pray for all the saints. We should pray for Christians who are near to us, And Christians who are far away, Christians in our neighborhood, or Christians in Nepal, halfway across the world. We should pray for Christians in our own congregation and in other congregations and other denominations of the visible church around the world. We should pray for Jew and Gentile and not let any of those nationalistic, cultural divisions that are seen in the world hinder our prayers. Jew and Gentile, Jesus said, my father's house will be a house of prayer for all nations. It was wonderful while I was away there a couple of weeks ago to hear and to see Chinese Christians praying for us in a language I couldn't understand, but that God does. They're praying for you. Cuban Christians, as we heard this morning, who I know pray for us. In Spanish, but God hears. They are praying for all the saints, all these nations, You know, there are so many Christians that pray for us here, that pray for you in your situations. Isn't it so humbling? Australian Christians that I know are praying for you. Irish Christians, French Christians, Japanese Christians. How amazing is that? Let's love them back and pray for them. We should pray for all the saints male and female, married and single, young and old. We should pray for parents and for children. We should pray for those who are mature in the faith and those who are babes in Christ. We should pray for people in congregations as we pray for their ministers and elders and deacons. 
Pray for missionaries. Pray for teachers. Pray for students. Pray for citizens. Pray for politicians. Pray for saints wherever they are found. Pray for all the saints. Pray for Christians who are prisoners. Even as we thank God for Christians who are free like we are. Pray for persecuted Christians. Pray for Christians who are in peace. Pray for the strong. Pray for the weak. Pray for all the saints. Pray for all the saints. Remember in Pilgrim's Progress, after a Christian goes through the Valley of Humiliation and engages in the battle with Apollyon, he then enters another valley, the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And it's there that in addition to all the other spiritual armor that he has employed, that Bunyan says in that trial, Christian thought, now what shall I do? And we read that Christian did betake to himself another weapon called all prayer. All prayer. All kinds of prayers on all occasions with all perseverance for all the saints. Brothers and sisters, may God in Christ by his spirit make us all prayer Christians. Because as he does, we become more and more like Christ. Who always prays all kinds of prayers on all occasions for all of his people. The Christ of whom it was prophesied concerning the battle that he fought for our salvation in Psalm 109 My God, whom I praise, do not remain silent, for people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues, with words of hatred they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me. But I am a man of prayer. 